We're going to get right into the message this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 17. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open up and follow along. If not, you have some other type of tablet or device that you are using, that's fine. Or the verses will be up on the screen to follow after. But John, chapter 17, records... Jesus praying unto the Father. Many people refer to this as his high, the high priestly prayer. It begins in the first several verses, the first five verses. Jesus is praying for himself, then from verse 6 all the way through verse 19, he's praying for his disciples. Then in verse 20 through the end of the chapter, he makes a transition and he prays for all believers that are yet to come into the faith. And so every time I read this and, and I talk about this particular prayer that Jesus prayed, I, I, it always warms my heart to know that I was prayed for by Jesus. Amen. And you were prayed for by Jesus. Jesus prayed for you, and you are here today. You are a follower of God, and Jesus has prayed for you. And like I mentioned last week, I believe that God hears and answers prayer. I believe he hears and answers my prayer, but I have a, just a greater level of confidence that Jesus his prayers were answered, that the Father heard his prayer and answered his prayer. So Jesus not only prayed for us, but your prayer that Jesus, the prayer that Jesus prayed for you has been answered. I'm glad you're really excited about that, but <laughs> it has been answered, so believe that. So what we're focusing on in this particular prayer, I encourage you to read this chapter and just become familiar with it. But we, we're not necessarily teaching from the entire prayer, but what I want to bring out in this particular prayer is the subject of influence. We're talking about influence. Influence is defined from the, the Webster's Dictionary, uh, defines influence as the ability or the power to affect others. The ability or the power to affect others. It also says it's the power to produce effects because of wealth, because of one's wealth, because of one's position, or because of ability, because that would come into your gifts and talents that God has graced you with. And so Jesus' heart for us, which we'll see in this prayer, is that we not be conformed to this world, but neither are we to be isolated from the world. So it's walking out that tension between being in the world, but not being of the world. Many times you say, well, my citizenship, I'm, I'm in this earth, but my citizenship is from heaven. And that's accurate. And we are to be in the world, but not of the world. And so we, we don't want to be isolationists. We don't want to be completely, just separate ourselves from the world and, and lose any ability to have any type of influence whatsoever. Remember, with no con with no, there, there's no impact without contact. So if we're going to have an impact on the world, if we're going to have an impact for the, for the kingdom of God in this world, for, for people who are not yet followers of God, we must have contact with the people. But we're not to be of the world in the sense that we are participating in the things of the world for the sake of pleasure, for the sake of fulfillment, for the sake of entertainment. It's not for entertainment value. It's not for fulfillment value. But we're to be in the world, to have contact with the world, and, and to be able to influence the world and have opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Christ is in you, and the world is being drawn 
to you, to the church. We are the body of Christ. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the world is to be influenced by us and not us being influenced by the world. And we're not to fear the world. I mentioned last week in my culture that I grew up in, there was this uh, tremendous fear of anything worldly. And, and, and the way to protect ourselves from that was by external rules and regulations, external walls and fences being erected, just all kinds of things done in order for, uh, for protection, which, you know, there are some times where you may need to build a wall, you may need to build a fence, you may need to turn off your computer, your TV, uh, whatever it is that you, the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart about. There are some times where you just need to make it okay for, for me and my house, for me and my life, I need to make a rule that I'm going to abstain from, then you fill in the blanks. But we're not to make blanket rules and, 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 and just say well, everyone needs to build a wall. Everyone needs to abstain from what I need to abstain from. Everybody, you know, needs to follow after me because this is my conviction. This is what I'm wrestling with. That's where religion, that's what establishes religious rules and regulations. And then, you know, we try to get people uh, to follow that. And then all of a sudden we're isolated and we're a bunch of hippies in a camp someplace. And... <laughs> not, really, not really making any impact on the world, but we're all having a good time, right? So the idea is that uh, Jesus, if you look at the life of Jesus and you watch his interactions with the world, that's who we want to be followers of, followers of Jesus. And I, I, I'm always intrigued when I read about Jesus. For example, there are rules on, uh, under the old covenant, there are rules under the laws of Moses, uh, and that Jesus, he just, he loved to blow them out of the water. Now, you were not supposed to touch a person uh, with leprosy. You know, there was great fear and paranoia that if you came in contact with someone who had leprosy, that you would become lepers. Or if you touched a dead corpse, you know, that you would be defiled by that dead corpse. But you look at the life of Jesus. He broke all the rules. He touched the lepers, and he did not become lepers. But what happened to the leper? They were healed. And so he didn't die. He didn't get sick from touching a, a dead corpse. Rather, the dead person was made well. They were raised up to newness of life. So, so that's the type of influence we're talking about, not being afraid, thinking that the world's power, the enemy's influence is far superior than the influence of God. We shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon us to be witnesses in all the world. And so that Holy Spirit power that we receive from heaven it abides in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we need to come to a place where we believe it, we recognize it, we acknowledge it, we accept it, and we recognize it. Listen, when I go into a dark place, I don't become oppressed with darkness. I dispel the darkness. Not I in and of myself, but Christ in me dispels the darkness. Darkness cannot comprehend light. Darkness is simply an absence of light. Well, if we are the children of light, then let your light shine and dispel darkness. Don't be afraid of, oh, I'm not going there. That's a dark place. I'm not going in that city. That's a dark city. I'm not going into that town. I'm not going here. I'm not going. That's dark. That's darkness. Well, how do you think it's ever going to become light? if you and everyone else that has the light abstains from it. Just food for thought. Influence, the power to affect 
others. So in this particular prayer, let's go ahead and read the portion that I want to uh, emphasize again. Let's start reading at verse 14. John chapter 17, verse 14 says, I have given Jesus, this is Jesus praying to, to God. He said, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Notice we're don't take them out, but while they're in the world, protect them. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, all those at Grace Church this morning. Verse 21, that they, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, all the people at Grace Church, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect, all the people of Grace Church are made perfect, Turn to your neighbor and say, you're perfect. I see no fault in you. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. That's what I call influence. That's a picture of influence. What Jesus was praying here is that we are no longer of the world, but while we are in the world, we are influencing the world with the love of God with the very love of God. That is your assignment, that's my assignment, and so we wanna to continue to develop that influence, continue to grow, and to continue to uh, let our light shine and continue to be effective every place that we go. So his heart is that we not be conformed or influenced by the world, but that we also are not isolated from the world. A great story, again, we're not necessarily going to go into it in detail, but I'm going to turn to it, but in the book of Daniel chapter 3, is the story of, of, of Daniel's three friends, three friends that were thrown into the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar had built, built a gold image and put out a decree that everyone at the sound of music must bow down and worship the gold image. And you think about it, what Nebuchadnezzar was doing is he was influencing Everyone under his sphere of influence, he was, he was endeavoring to influence everyone to bow down and worship a gold image. Well, Daniel and his friends decided that they will not bow down, they will not be influenced to bow down and worship a gold image. They will only worship the Lord their God. Word got back to Nebuchadnezzar that these three gentlemen decided they're not going to be influenced by him. They're going to be intimidated by him. They will only worship the Lord God. He became angry, made a decree that the furnace be fired up seven times hotter than it already was, and, and he gave them another opportunity to bow down and worship. And he said, if you'll do it, everything will be just fine. And they, they said, no, we won't do it. 
even if you put us into the furnace, we're still not going to worship your God. We will only worship our God. If you're familiar with the story, they threw the guys into the furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar looked, and behold, there was a fourth person in the furnace that they did not throw in. It was Jesus showed up and protected them. They got out of the furnace. They weren't even burned. And as a result of that, Nebuchadnezzar was amazed. He was intrigued. He was influenced. Everyone say influenced. He was influenced by these three guys that decided they're not going to worship him or the golden image of him, but they would only worship the Lord God. He was so influenced that now he makes a decree that you're going to worship their God. And anybody who speaks evil about their God will be, put, will be cut to pieces. <laughs> I believe he was influenced, but his mind wasn't renewed yet. He said, if you don't worship my God, you know, we're going to dice you up. <laughs> Forget the furnace, we'll just dice you up. But my, so the, the idea here is, is that the world, the pressure of being in the world is intense. The world is very intent, intense, and very determined to put pressure on you every day, every moment of every day, just constant pressure to get you to bow down to the world system, to get you to compromise. Well, I'm not really going to bow down and worship the Lord God, but when everyone else bows down, you know, my sandal strap is undone, and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to come down here, and I'm going to fix my sandal strap. I'm not really bowing. It looks like I'm bowing, but I'm not bowing. You know, we start compromising. We start compromising. Then after that compromise, there may be another compromise. Before Before we recognize it, we have been influenced by the world, and we don't even know it. So be strong. You have power to be an influence. You have power to be a witness. His his name is the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. Your Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, don't try this without the Holy Spirit. The first thing I'm going to do when I ascend to, the, to my heavenly Father is I'm going to pray that he's going to send you a helper, someone to get you through this. And not just barely get through it, but to come through it victoriously, to influence. Notice that the three boys, the three gentlemen in, in, in the book of Daniel chapter 3, they not only refuse the image of the world, being stamped on them, they end, the end of the story is they stamp the image of God into their hearts and into their minds. And that's, that's our assignment, that we influence the world for Jesus, and the world is not influencing us for the God of this world. Can you see the tension? But don't back away from the world thinking, well, if I'm not going to be influenced from the world, I need to back away from the world. Well, if you back away from it, if you withdraw the salt, you withdraw the light, that's not going to help the world. The world won't be reached. And so Jesus prayed that, yes, we're in the world, but not of the world. And also, I don't know if you noticed that in the prayer there, he said the world hated them. The world hated him because they did not know him, and they're going to hate you because they don't know him. So we're not in the world to try to get the world to love us. We're in the world to love the world, to love the people of the world. We're in it to love them. We're not looking for them to love us. It's nice when they love us. It's nice when they're kind to us. But we don't back off because they're not nice to us. You know what hurts more than the world being ugly to you? 
the church family being ugly to you. That's what really hurts. I can handle someone from the world cursing me out and telling me I'm not right and I'm missing it here or I'm missing it there, but when you have someone in the church, it's like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> I won't charge you for that. That one was free. <laughs> so influence, influence, the power to affect others. Influence, is, this is something that you can develop in your life. I don't want you sitting here thinking, well, I'm not an influential person. I don't have a platform. I'm just not a person of influence. I'm behind the scenes type, behind the scene type person. Just let me be back here. That's fine. You can be behind the scenes, but you're still going to be a person of influence. You have a sphere of influence. You all do. Students, you have a sphere of influence in your schools, in your classrooms. You have an ability to be an influence. That doesn't mean you need to go in there and carry your, have to carry the big family Bible in there and let everybody know that you're, a, that you're a Christian. You can carry a big family Bible without being a Christian. But you can go into your schools and you can be an influence simply by believing that God is with you, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Believing that and standing firm in that and not letting other people rock your world, so to speak. But you can go in there and just be a person of influence. Parents, pray for your students when you send them off to school. Pray for them. Thank God that they're going into school as a light. They're going in as an influence. You might be thinking, well, my kids go to private school or they go to Christian school. Pray for them. Pray for them. Say, why would you pray for them if they're in Christian school? I'm just telling you, pray for them. Because there's some other parent that sent their kids there for the wrong reason. And if you don't watch it, they'll influence your kids. Just the same as they will in a public school. So you pray for your students. Don't just think, well, they're safe because they're here or they're there. Pray and believe God. Believe God for favor. Believe God that your children are influential in a good way and that they're not being influenced in a bad way. But I can't have my kids go there. They have a tendency to lean towards this group of people. Pray for them. Let the light shine bright. Now, we have to use wisdom. I'm not talking about just all, you know, just throw out all caution and all common sense, all wisdom. I'm, I'm, you know, walk in wisdom. But don't isolate. Do not isolate. Teachers, you have a tremendous platform to influence your classroom, the students in your classrooms. We need to be praying for our teachers. Teachers, you need to be praying for your students. We need to be praying for the administrations. And so there's just all types of uh, avenues that we can be influencing. You can, we are influencers in our neighborhoods, among our neighbors. We're influencers in our places of employment. In your realm of leadership, you have a, you, you have a position of authority. You have a leadership position or whatever your status may be at your place of employment. You have influence among your peers. Recognize that at all times. And keep a positive, uh, continue to take a positive posture. God has placed you there for a purpose. And that purpose is, is to bring the light and the love of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world.
The world needs the influence of the church today more than ever. Right here in our own communities, right here in Berks County, Pennsylvania, there's a mission field. There's a people, a lot of people that need to be influenced for the kingdom of God. So let's talk about ways to develop our influence, our potential that lies within us. Let's use Jesus as our example. In Luke 2, in Luke 2 verse 52, it says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with who? And who else? God and who else? With God and man. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Everyone say increase. You can be increasing. You are to be in, your influence should be increasing on a, on a daily basis. You should continually be developing your influence. Your light should become brighter. Your salt should become salter, uh, more salty. What, I don't know what word that is, but anyway. <laughs> don't let it lose whatever it's supposed to do. Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. You also can increase in wisdom. Be a student of the Word of God. Be a student of other topics. Continue to increase. Continue to be educated. Continue to grow in stature and in favor with God and your fellow man. To grow in favor with, in stature and with your fellow man. That's so key to, to uh, influencing the world. People look at you and say, I like what I see in, in you. I like what's happening in your life. When everyone else is afraid, you seem confident. When everyone's worried, you have peace. I like what I see in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Don't take that religious attitude, well, it's not about me. Well, we know that. But it's about Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's to, it, that, that's what's going to influence people for the kingdom of God. So what happens to you on a daily basis? That just simply speaks of your circumstances. You know, stuff happens. We could talk about all kinds of stuff that happens to us. But the stuff that happens to you, you know, that just speaks of your circumstances. But I want you to know that Jesus said, you know, stuff will happen, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. What happens in you speaks of your character. How are you responding to the stuff that happens to you? That speaks of your character. And then we come to a place where the stuff that's happening to us, we, 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 use, it, we use that pressure to develop godly character in us. We use it to develop the love of God in us. We, we use it to develop patience in us. And when patience has its perfect work, we're going to be entire, complete, lacking nothing. We're going to be men and women of faith, faith and patience. And that comes into what happens through you will speak of your influence. Now, it's when you handle the circumstances that happen to you and, and when you allow the things to, those things that are happening to you to develop the character within you, you become a person of influence. Optimum, optimum influence. 
Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, in favor with God and man. Increasing in our influence. Number one, if you're going to increase, in order to increase in your influence, you, you want to keep focused on the true heart of the gospel. What is Christianity all about? Stay focused on the true heart of the gospel, which fully embraces a love for God. First and foremost, it's all about a love for God, God's love for us, our love for God, and our love for our neighbors. The foundation of all of it is the love of God, the true nature. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40, if you'll turn there with me. Matthew 22, 37 through 40, these verses embody who we are as people of influence. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So stay focused on the true heart of the gospel, which fully embraces a love for God and a love for our neighbors. This embodies who we are. As people of influence, we are lovers of God, loved by God, lovers of God, and we love one another. The basic foundation, without that foundation, influence will get all messed up. Even though you're a Christian, you can influence people in a negative way. You can be a spirit-filled Christian and influence people in a negative way. Influence works, it's working, whether you are conscious of it or not. I think it was John Maxwell shared the story one time about, uh, he's talking about leadership principles, but he told the story of a, a man that uh, wasn't real highly educated. He had poor hearing and poor eyesight, but he lived in the big city, and he, had, he was a hot dog vendor. And he would buy a lot of hot dogs every day. He'd buy hot dogs and buns, and he'd take his vending cart out on the streets of the big city, and he'd sell hot dogs. I mean, he would just sell hot dogs like crazy. It was just insane the amount of hot dogs he would sell. He earned enough money even though he wasn't educated and he couldn't see real well, so he, didn't really, he never read the newspaper, never followed after what's going on in the economy. Uh, he didn't hear real well, so he didn't listen to any media reports. He just kept buying hot dogs and selling hot dogs and making money. Put his son through college, and his, and his son went to college and got himself a business degree, and he came back and he said, Dad, he said, there's a, a, there's a recession. You need to buy fewer hot dogs. So his father bought fewer hot dogs, and he sold fewer hot dogs. So he bought even less hot dogs and sold even less. And he, he kept incrementally buying fewer hot dogs and selling fewer hot dogs. And finally, one day, he said, son, you know, you're right. There is a recession. I'm hardly selling any hot dogs. His son influenced him. That's a negative influence. But you can flip that around, and you can have a positive influence on people. A positive influence on people. And that's what we are called to be. Not to discourage people. Not, not to put fear in people. Not to have people, you know, you're seeing people doing really well, even though they may not know exactly what they're doing. It's just going really well for them. Let, you know, encourage it. So that's going well. I'm not sure how that's working, but keep doing whatever you're doing. Rather than putting fear in them, say, well, you, you know, be cautious, be cautious, be cautious. Use wisdom. 
Grow in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and with your fellow man. You have influence among the people you come in contact with. And the people that, who, that are not Christians, not followers of Jesus Christ, will have no influence without contact. So we must be, continue to stay connected. Stay connected. So number one, keep focused on the true heart of the gospel, which is the love of God. Keep loving God. Allow God to keep loving you. Uh, allow that love to, to really be rooted and grounded in you. And keep communicating really what, what we are all about. So this is who we are, lovers of God. Then in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus gave the commission of uh, we as a church, influencers of the world. In verse 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Matthew 22 embodies who we are, lovers of God, loved by God. Then this particular verse here, these verses here are telling, capsulize what we are to be doing and how we are to be influencing, clearly communicating the true character of God. God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. God who is rich in mercy and in his great love communicating this in, 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 into all the world, making disciples. That's what we're to be doing, influencing people. So keep focus. Increasing in your influence means you're going to keep focused on the gospel, on the love of God, and the redemptive plan of God through Jesus Christ. Then number two, be intentional. Be intentional. In Colossians chapter 4, Verse 5 and 6, I believe it is, Colossians 4. Verse 5 and 6. Be intentional. This is an imperative here, and it advises us how we are to be a positive influence. It says, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. Remember Jesus' prayer? We're in the world, but not of the world. Now we're to walk in wisdom towards those that are in the world is basically what Paul's referring to here when he's talking about outsiders. Walk in wisdom towards those who are not yet followers of Christ would be a good way to put this. Walk in wisdom towards those who are not yet followers of Christ, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Know how to answer each one. Now, I'm going to read this to you from the Message Bible, so just listen. Use your heads as you live and work among outsiders. Don't miss a trick. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them out. Influence. Your words should be Gracious. Your words should be civil. <coughs> Civility and graciousness go a long way in influencing people in a positive way. Civility and graciousness can overcome the misgivings of people who are skeptical of us, the misgivings of our neighbors. 
It can make people much more receptive to who we are and much more open to us having the opportunity to influencing them for the kingdom of God, loving them as God loves them, loving them as we have been loved. So your words are to be gracious, they're to be civil. Your words are to be seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt means your words should be witty. Grow in favor and in stature. Witty. Amusing. Your words should be clever or even humorous, but never boring or irrelevant. Never condescending. Influence of any people in our culture today that should be able to have a civil conversation with anyone, it should be you. It should be me. I hear a lot of disgust today about the lack of civility in our culture, and it certainly is manifesting. But if you and I are not willing to have a civil conversation without shouting, without screaming, without cursing, without condemning, without being condescending, then how do we expect anyone else to be influenced in a positive way? Say, well, Pastor Ray, what, I'm supposed, what am I supposed to do when they challenge my faith, when they are derogatory towards my God? When Jesus was reviled, he reviled not. He didn't retaliate. He's your model. Jesus is your role model. How am I going to influence people? I'm going to follow the pattern of Jesus. I want my words to be seasoned with salt. I mean, they can be witty. They can be amusing. They can be clever. They can be humorous, but never condescending, never condemning. Just stay away from criticism. Don't render evil for evil. On the contrary, render blessings. Someone just really just, what they say about you, your faith, and your God, it's just heartbreaking, it's disgusting. You, you can just, you can listen, and you can say something about, I'd like to know more of why you feel the way you feel. And let's get together sometime. Let's have a, a deeper discussion about this. You know, just, there's a proverb that says, where there's no wood, the fire goes out. You know, there's someone's burning mad at you and comes at you and un unleashes a whole torrent of words against you. Just don't retaliate. Don't put more wood in the fire by arguing. But God said, and my pastor said, and my church believes, and I believe There's some relevance to what your church believes, to what I believe, but the real relevance is what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? There was a time when his, some of his disciples saw some other people that weren't in the inner circle with Jesus and his disciples. They saw some other people doing some of the works of Jesus, and they stopped, and they said, Jesus, they're, they're, you know, they're doing this stuff over here, and they're having success, so, you know, but they're not, they're not a part of us. Should we pray fire down from heaven? 
<laughs> like, yeah, sure, go ahead. No, Jesus said, no. Whoever's not against us is for us. Let's stop being so paranoid. Let's be willing to allow Christ in us, the hope of glory, the light of the gospel, purposing to grow in stature, to grow in wisdom, to grow in favor with God and with our fellow man. Have you ever thought about making that a part of your prayer devotion? Say, Father, help me grow in favor with my coworkers. Help me grow in favor, teachers, grow in favor with the school administration. Help me grow in favor with my classroom. Help me grow in favor with my peers at work, with my coworkers. Help me grow in favor with those who I'm in charge over in, in, in my place of employment, in my leadership role. Let me grow in favor with those that I'm serving in leadership. Grow in favor with them. Make that your prayer. I'm growing in wisdom. I'm in the world. I'm not of the world. But the world, because of Jesus Christ, and he prayed for you, he prayed for me, that the love that God had for him is also in us, and as a result of that, the world will know that, you, that he sent Jesus. The world will know that he sent Jesus. That's key to influencing someone to coming into the kingdom. That's foundational when someone believes that God sent Jesus into the world. Now they're openness. Yes, he sent Jesus, and Jesus went to the cross, and he died for all of our sin. That's influence, my friend. Doesn't get any better than that, influencing someone with the love of God, for the love of God, into the love of God, coming out of darkness, into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. That is influence. There's no greater influence than to influence someone to come out of darkness into the light. Now that we're in the light, we still have the place to grow. Jesus was growing in wisdom and in stature. Do you ever think about that? If Jesus had to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with man, that it's a possibility that I might have some growing up to do or that you might have some growing up to do that we all have some growing up to do? Can we all just grow up together, love each other, be unified so that the world may be influenced by the love of God, that he's rich in mercy and in his great love? Father, in the name of Jesus, my prayer is that as we become men and women of influence, being influenced by your love, you, the one that is rich in mercy, and in your great love have died at the cross Shed your blood to cleanse us of all of our sin. Father, we've been influenced by that, and we've accepted that redemptive work that you've done for us at the cross. And we are born again children of God, and we thank you for it. And Father, it's our prayer that your love, having been deposited into our heart, that we are not only children of God, but we are growing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with you and with our fellow man. Our influence is becoming greater and greater. Our spheres of influence are becoming wider and wider. We thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you that our words are always filled with grace. We're witty. Lord God, in our conversations, even humors where humor is needed, Lord, that in Jesus' name, 
Name above all names. I pray for we as a local church here known as Grace Church. Grow in our influence, in our families, in our spheres of influence, in our neighborhoods, in our places of employment, just everywhere we go, Father God, there's something of your love, something of your peace, of your joy, of your wisdom, of your favor that's flowing in and through us as your children that's attractive to a lost and dying world. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Name above all names. Anoint each one, Father God, and just grace us and multiply the seeds that's already in us. Grow, grow us up in the name of Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment, perhaps you're in here today and say, well, Pastor Ray, you've influenced me. I came in here today and I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but wow, I really want to do that. I want to, I, I, I'm ready to surrender my life to him and have him forgive me of all my sin, receive the greatest gift, the gift of eternal life. If you're in here with us this morning and you never made Jesus your personal Lord and Savior and say, I, I really would like to do that and I'd like to do it now and uh, if you'd be so kind to pray for me, I'll, I'll accept that. Well, we'd be happy to pray for you. Well, I'll lead us all in a prayer. We call it a prayer unto salvation. And if you'd like to be a part of that, would you just slip up your hand right where you're seated? Anyone at all? You're in here today and say, I, I need to receive Jesus. I've had people talk to me about Jesus, but I've always haven't submitted to it yet. But I want to step across the line now. Anyone at all in here this morning? Praise you, Jesus. All right, I don't see any hands raised, so I believe you all have done that. If you have any other need for prayer, there's some people who would love to meet you right up front here and pray with you. You have a terrific, terrific rest of the day. We love you all. Remember uh, Friday night, worship, third Friday, worship. So that would be this Friday night, 7.30. We encourage you to come out for that and just be blessed. God bless you. Enjoy your day.